Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. And I'll be with you for the next 20 or 25 minutes as we chat about death and taxes. Unfortunately, a little more about the death side than the tax side, but, uh, but we will, I promise, uh, discuss both of those and how they're uh, connected. As always, if you have questions, please feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And you can always swing by our website, marapoling.com, for lots of additional great information on multifamily real estate. So with that, let's go ahead and, uh, and dive in. So death and taxes, right? That's the, uh, the old adage, the two things in life that you cannot escape. Uh, we are going to talk about both. We're going to start first, though, by talking about death. Now, everyone knows the reality is we're all going to die someday. It can be an odd topic to not only discuss, but really for some folks even to think about. And maybe some of you fit into that category. Uh, that's one of the reasons why estate planning uh, can be a bit of a challenge. It's uh, difficult to sit down and say, all right, when something happens to me, this is what I want to have happen. Now, the odds are pretty slim on any given day that something's going to happen to any one of us. And it's appropriate and makes sense that we think that someone that's older, that's longer in life, uh, is going to be in a group that's more likely, uh, unfortunately, to pass on uh, 80 year olds, right? So if you're 80 years old, and hello to all of our uh, octogenarians out there that are listening, uh, almost 6,000 80 year olds die every year out of a population of 100,000. That's a pretty good sized number. Uh, if you're 65, uh, that number drops to about 1,500 out of 100,000. So less likely if you're 65. What about if you're 50? I know many of our listeners uh, are in that, uh, that range, maybe from their 30s into the 50s. Uh, from what I uh, know of speaking with many of you, that's a very common age for folks that are looking at making these kinds of investments. Um, 500, a little over 500 out of 100,000 at the age of 50 are gonna pass away. And even at 35, right? So even if you're a young, healthy person, right? Accidents, other things can happen. There'll be 200 deaths of 35 year olds out of that $100,000, pardon me, 100,000 uh, population. So regardless of what age you are, there's a probability that some event could happen to you. Uh, hopefully not an illness, hopefully not an accident, but any of those things could occur. And so planning for the eventuality, which hopefully is many years down the road, but could happen today, is something that makes a lot of sense and that uh, we absolutely encourage folks to do. And it starts with uh, two things that we highly recommend. One is to get a plan and the second is to get a lawyer. Now, we're not lawyers. We don't have uh, relationships with any particular estate planning uh, firms. We don't make recommendations about who you should talk to in that regard, who specifically you should talk to. But we certainly encourage everyone to uh, pick up the phone, 
uh, talk to friends, find a recommendation, uh, go find yourself an estate attorney to at least spend some time chatting with if you haven't done that already and use their resources, use their expertise to help you start coming up with a plan. So a couple elements that we wanna talk about uh, related to all this. Uh, one is what the actual estate plan itself. I, um, along with my wife, uh, we put our first version of our estate plan in place decades ago when uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child. And we have updated that continually since then. About every five years, we go in and get a tune-up done. And it's changed quite a bit over the years in terms of the focus of the plan. Obviously, when our children were small, there was a great emphasis on uh, who would be the guardians for our, uh, for our kids uh, and how would they would be provided for and college educations and those sorts of things. As they uh, were older, uh, that focus began to shift. Uh, today, our focus is much more on our long-term uh, estate planning and for the benefit of our family, not just for our, uh, our children, but for our, uh, a multi-generational plan, if you will. And that includes everything from uh, you know, having a will uh, and powers of attorney uh, so that things can get done uh, in, your, uh, in your stead. Uh, healthcare directives, that's really uh, important. If you haven't put something in place already with your healthcare providers, that can be part of these plans. Uh, a trust may be appropriate, it may not be, but all of those are the things you wanna spend some time looking at and at least making a conscious decision about having those in or not having those in your plan, right? Your formal estate plan. And again, an attorney is gonna be really helpful in terms of having you look at that. One of the reasons for many years that estate planning and in particular trusts were so valuable was their benefits in terms of minimizing or eliminating estate taxes. That The value proposition on that has changed quite a bit, certainly over the time frame that, for example, my wife and I have had our estate plan in place because the uh, limits uh, in terms of where you uh, begin to experience estate taxes have changed so dramatically. They've, they've been low, you know, in the million dollar range. Uh, they've been non-existent. They were wiped out one year. There simply weren't any estate taxes uh, due that year, um, which led to a lot of morbid humor that you may have heard about. This was the year if grandma was going to go that she should go this year uh, because it would be a good deal tax-wise. So, um, so that in the past has been a big driver. There are state taxes today. The exemptions are fairly high. And that's something for you to discuss with, uh, again, with your estate attorney. Uh, you may be subject to those, right? And if you are, congratulations, you have a pretty healthy uh, estate that you have put together. Uh, if you're not, that doesn't mean that you don't need an estate plan, right? Because there are other things going on that uh, you want to be able to deal with. One of those is gains on investments. In particular, the kinds of investments that we all do, and this is where the taxes piece of this death and taxes conversation today comes in. So let's set the estate plan aside for a minute. And let's talk about tax strategy when it comes to real estate investing. 
in particular, the methodology that we use at Mara Polling. And again, we've got some good material on the website, uh, some webinars on, um, on tax strategy that I would encourage you to go take a look at. That's marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. When we purchase a real estate asset, one of the things that we will do is we will perform a study called a cost segregation study or a cost segregation analysis. What this does is it provides us with a very accurate depreciation schedule. Absent a cost segregation study, you essentially depreciate the improvements, the value of the buildings and the other things that have been done to improve the asset, not the land. Uh, you depreciate that over a specific period of time, 27 and a half years. And it's done on a straight line basis. It's really simple to do. My guess is many of you that are managing your own properties as investments may use that methodology and simply do it on a straight line basis. There are some costs involved in doing cost segregation to get a more accurate depreciation schedule. And again, this is one of the places where scale helps. Um, so if, you're, if you have a bunch of individual single families, uh, single family rentals or a small uh, fourplex or eightplex, probably doesn't get to the point where it makes sense. For our assets, which are between 100 and 400 units, it makes a lot of sense for us to make this investment. What this depreciation schedule looks like is it says things like the structure of the building, the foundations, those kinds of items do last 27 and a half years, and that's, that's what they'll be written off over. But there's other items like refrigerators and carpet and mini blinds. Yes, mini blinds is a line item. Uh, that don't last that long. And so they're written off over a shorter schedule. Some of those I just described are, are on the five-year schedule. That cost segregation analysis then allows us to depreciate accurately as opposed to simply some straight line estimate every month. That accurate depreciation schedule significantly increases the amount of depreciation that's realized and written off during the first five years of the hold of that asset, which means you're going to lose a lot of money for tax purposes. That's really beneficial because that helps shelter the income, the cash income that these assets generate. <clears throat> now, if you do that on an individual investment and at the end of that investment, we were to sell that investment and you and all of the other people that had invested with us received all your money and your K-1 reflected all that, then you would pay tax at that point in time on the gain and on the depreciation recapture and all the rest of that good stuff. Our structure, though, is a little um, longer term than that. We look when we sell an asset to execute a 1031. 1031 is a sale exchange where the asset we sell is then exchanged from a tax standpoint for a, a new, larger, more expensive asset. And in doing so, that basis, which is where the gain is hidden, moves into the next asset. And that allows us to defer those taxes. 
Now it is a deferral. Eventually, when those assets are sold, because we won't do this forever and ever, we might make do a 1031 and then we'll do another one five years later and another one five years later. But eventually those assets will be sold and the profits distributed and there won't be a 1031. When that happens, there'll be taxes that will need to be paid. They're long-term gain taxes. They're paid years and years from now, maybe even decades from now with dollars that are worth less than what today dollars are. So it's a great deal. It's a great tool to take advantage of. It's one of the reasons why you should be looking at commercial multifamily real estate to add as, as a portion of your uh, portfolio. If you properly structure your estate plan and the method in which you hold title to these investments, then when you do pass, right, which again could happen today, right, some of those numbers were not terribly likely, but it could happen today or it could happen in the future. Uh, and it becomes more likely, as you can see, as you become uh, uh, more experienced in life, if you will. When that day comes, if structured correctly, you will receive a step up in basis, meaning that your investment, which originally, and I'll just kind of make some numbers up to be illustrative, your original investment of $100,000 that through depreciation and a number of other items had been reduced, the basis had been reduced to say $20,000, but the actual value of that 100,000 had become 200, 300, 400,000. Oh my gosh, you've got a $400,000 investment in terms of its value and your basis is now almost zero. If that were sold, you'd be looking at tax on that entire amount. If it's structured correctly, it, at your passing, you'll receive a step up in basis, which could wipe all of that tax liability out by taking the basis up to the $400,000 level. Now, I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not your tax advisor. I'm not describing what your specific situation would look like. That's why you need to go to your team of advisors, your estate planning attorney, your tax advisor, your CPA, and have a discussion with them about how these real estate investments could perform this way. It's one of the reasons why if you were to decide to work with Mara Poling, one of the questions we will ask you is how you want to hold title to your assets. That's a really critical question. It's not just a, oh, well, I'd like it in my name or I'd like my wife and I to both be on the account. That's great. Have that conversation with your attorney so that together you can all decide what's the actual way you want to title that. And then that'll position you for uh, this potential step up in basis down the road. So there is absolutely tax savings to be had from estate planning. It may, in fact, not be estate taxes that you are avoiding. It may be the taxes on gain on investments. And in the situation with real estate, unlike a stock, right? Because you could have the same experience with a stock. You buy $100,000 with a stock and it goes up in value to $200,000 and it would have a step up in basis. The difference is if you have sold that stock and bought new stock to replace it over the years, you've paid tax every time you've done that because you didn't do a 1031. The ability to do a 1031 significantly increases the amount of deferred tax that could be there and the potential benefit of a step up in basis. And that's something to absolutely make sure that you uh, take a look at. 
The final component of this, right? So having an estate plan with all the pieces we talked about, wills and trusts and powers of attorney and all that, and then structuring it in such a way that you do get these potential tax benefits if you can. The final piece of this is looking at your investment portfolio in terms of how it will perform after your passing. It is uh, quite common that individuals that we work with have some personal real estate holdings. Uh, maybe it's a group of single family rentals, or as I said, maybe it's a small fourplex or eightplex or something like that. And they manage it themselves. Many of you, that's, I believe, the situation that you're in. And a question I would ask you is the same question I ask individuals that talk to me about, about these um, kinds of investments is, um, what's the rest of the family think about all of this? Um, my guess is they like the investment side of it. They like the fact that you're making money off of these and you're getting some cash flow and uh, everybody's probably real positive on that. But the question I'm asking is more about what do they think about the work that's involved? The acquiring of tenants, the oversight of a property manager, if there is one, the actual engagement in maintaining the asset, the, the sweat equity component that goes into it, uh, the risk associated with needing to be involved on a regular basis because this is active real estate management that we're describing here. Um, if the family is involved and supportive of that, those could be great investments to have in a portfolio that will survive your passing because the family will be in a position to continue to manage those. If, and unfortunately this is the more common answer that I hear from folks, if not only the rest of the family isn't terribly interested, but in particular the spouse, right? So the husband, if I'm speaking with a wife or the wife, if I'm speaking with a husband, not only have little interest, but actually are maybe even a little afraid of, of these items uh, and have no interest in keeping them long-term because I don't really understand how they work and I want to get rid of them, which potentially means that after your passing, um, not only might those assets not be around because they'll be sold to support the family, um, they might be sold haphazardly, right? Just in a, well, let's just sell them and, and get rid of them so we can move on as opposed to being more strategic. So that's something that you need to look at and, and make sure you work in your plan if you have assets you're actively managing. This is one of the main reasons people will work with us is the ability to have a real estate investment that generates all the tax value and uh, advantages that we just described and that you can get from an active uh, real estate investment and the cash flow and the equity growth and it's professionally managed and professionally managed such that if someone was to pass away, and we have had these this happen, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know we have lots of wonderful clients and on occasion we will get notice that a client has passed. Uh, in those instances, the estate continues to get that cash flow. The assets can, that we own, that we manage on behalf of that individual continue to grow in value. And if at some point in time they decide they want to liquidate those positions, then they get to do that liquidation the exact same way they would have prior to 
the actual individuals uh, passing. So one of the benefits of working with Mara Polling is the ability to have your assets perform beyond uh, your life expectancy, that they will continue to perform on behalf of your estate. And so that's something we encourage you to think about when you're putting your plan together, what do you actually need in that estate plan? Wills, do you need a trust, right? A trust may or may not make sense uh, for you. And again, your attorney and your CPA and so on are gonna be able to help you with that. Uh, are you structuring your investments in such a way that you can benefit from the tax protections that are provided uh, in an estate plan, uh, both in terms of estate taxes as well as gain taxes? And then how's your actual portfolio structured? Is it structured in such a way that it's going to perform or will it need a significant amount of reworking? And if it, if it is going to do that, what instructions have you left with uh, the appropriate people to, uh, to do that and perform that restructuring um, after your passing? And again, uh, if you're looking for a way to, on the real estate side, manage that such that you don't have that burden on the family uh, after your passing, then uh, I'd encourage you to take a look at firms like us. Uh, obviously, please give us a call. I'd be happy to chat with you more about what that might look like. Um, and give that some thought as to having at least some portion of your real estate holdings structured in this particular way. So uh, I wish you luck getting your plan put together. If you've already got a plan or if you've done some things in your estate planning that are a little different than what I just described, I would love to hear those so that I could share uh, some of those learnings back with the, uh, the rest of our listeners. Feel free to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our great content. And I hope you'll join us next week for Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. <music>